0: Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide. Featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Zambergen Report. I'm so excited to be in studio with Janice Graham. Thank you for being here.
2: It's My pleasure.
1: So today is a little bit different than our traditional outline of what we're going to be talking about, and so I'm excited to have you here in studio, and we're going to talk about, um, as other people in the industry, how we collaborate and how we work together and how we help business owners really with big picture thinking and exit strategies. So I figured um, before we get started with all of our fun conversations, maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, who you are and um, what you do during the day.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, I am a business owner. I have two businesses, Uh, both of them focus on succession and exit planning. Uh, But before that, I'll go a little bit further. I started in the insurance and financial services industry 26 years ago. Oh my goodness, time flies. And I really started in a space and place because I didn't know a lot about retirement. I just did what I was told. Put money in the 401k, my best friend Tony told me and I did it. Didn't know why. (laughs) I really wanted to dive in and better understand finances and financial services. Uh, my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, knew all about mutual funds. I didn't know anything, so right. I, it wasn't sticking. So I I just went all in and went to work for a very large insurance company. Um, they're still very large today, <laughs> and I I just started to learn. I started learning from the the beginnings. And my whole focus was to try to talk to people in basic English so that they could understand it because I didn't understand it. So I uh, worked for two major insurance companies before starting my own practice 22 years ago. And I started with retirement planning because that's all I knew I was securities licensed. um, And that's what I understood. But what I started to recognize. Is that there's a hole in uh, in in learning and in educating and over the years my focus and my practice begin to gravitate towards serving business owners yeah. and helping them understand how to patch the holes in their planning so that's brought me up to today
1: i love it i love it well thank you so much for being on this show and i feel like your background in our, in our industry, we talk about this all the time of key players. And I know we're going to, we're going to use the the keyword accessories today when we're talking about that. And I want to, I want to kind of explain why we're going to use the word accessories in this example. So, um, Janice, you have written a book and it's actually based on a situation that you personally have gone through and helped a business owner and um to keep the clients confidential everyone is a different name (laughs) and it's uh leading in style and i personally have read it it's a great read so if anyone wants to we can always put up the amazon link i'm I'm happy to share that um i'm all about sharing great tools and resources and understanding i'm not the only player in what we're doing and helping the business owner either transition their business, sell their business, move on to that next stage of life. And so as a financial advisor, we use the word team a lot and key people in this team. And so before I tell too much of the secret sauce, why don't you explain the terminology accessories?
2: I would love to. Uh, So with leaving in style, it it is truly, a play on words and kind of like a confession at the same time. So before I don't start doing the math, everyone, I know I said 26 years in this industry before this industry, I actually have a degree in fashion and I went to school for fashion marketing, which is the business side of the fashion industry. And I didn't tell anyone when I came into this industry, it just wasn't relevant. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I thought, and it's amazing how I just call it divine downloads and divine intervention because I got this message of really marrying my two worlds. So leaving in style is, you know, a little bit of me saying, Hey, I have this, this space and this background that goes back to six years old and modeling and everything else to bringing it forward into a financial space yeah. In our in our space, we or even in business, we often hear uh, sports terminology. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's a little exactly right. <laughs> so it's it's frustrating for some who don't understand it. I, you can't tell, but I'm tall. I used to play basketball, volleyball. I understand sports analogies. Not everyone does. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun to take a complex conversation? And simplify it by bringing it down to some fashion analogies. I love that. And I, thank you. And in this case, Tish is an accessory. So, in the in the book, it's it's truly um, Grace, which is my my fictionalized character. Um, it was is thinking about her first big business presentation, sales presentation. And just like anyone, you think about what am I going to wear? What's my power suit? Well, how am I going to go and be strong? I got the presentation. Well, with that power suit comes the accessories. And in business, those accessories would be those individuals who support your business, but mm-hmm. are not a part of your business. Right. So in this case, which is really important that you have a wealth manager or financial advisor, that is one of the accessories.
1: I love it. I love it. So if we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit more, and I think that this is something that is so important to just say. And a lot of times I'm just going to put this out there as in my experience. I work with a lot of business owners and a lot of times let's just use what we do for a living. If someone comes to us and says, I want to sell my company, usually a lot of times they are kind of bringing us into the situation Way I would say towards the end of the transaction, right, making yeah. sure everything is put together. But I think you and I, when we talked, we actually both agreed that the planning should start much sooner than that. And 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 I'd like you to share your your thoughts, and that, and I'll share some of my thoughts. And again, this is kind of two collaborations of um, different accessories put together.
2: Absolutely. I totally agree. I, typically a small business owner, by the time they're saying I'm ready to sell, they're tired. They're like pretty much done. Stick a fork in them. They're done. Yeah. And the reality is that had they taken a little bit more time, maybe five years, 10 years ahead and created a system and a strategy, yeah. they could probably fare a lot better than they do than going, I am so done. I'm either going to sell or, or, or shut, close the doors. Uh, yeah. so in that case, you know, I look at it and it's like, you know, if they can bring us in and help, uh, help them build the process, Yeah. And you know, like I mentioned, I have two companies. One is an insurance practice. The other is business coaching to help with systems, because I found in the past almost 10 years, I've been doing that, that people don't have the systems in place to right. really scale and, and bring in the right people at the right time. So yes, it, and it's it's knowledge, knowledge is power. And because you're brilliant at plumbing doesn't mean that you're brilliant at everything and that's okay, that's right. why you have us. And that's actually why I wrote the book to int- introduce the concept of exit planning to people instead of just jumping ahead and assuming they know it. Let's just start with introducing it Yeah. because it is huge. So, hey, can I give a quick example? Yes, the, please. So, so what Tish does, it's so funny because I can hear a room full of advisors and I can hear all the nuances and differences when the public thinks we all do the same thing and we do. Right, right. What Tish does is sits with a small business owner, probably you, and talks about all of the different aspects of wealth and wealth management in, in your future. What you didn't think about is if you had planned ahead, Five or 10 years and sat down and say, Hey, Chesh, I want to, I want to retire in 10 years, or I'm not gonna retire, I want to go into my next great thing in 10 years. You can create a strategy to make sure that your asking price or how you scale and grow that business is conducive to what you want to do next. Right. In our society, everybody thinks, Oh, you know, the millionaire, I'm gonna be a millionaire. Well, a million doesn't get you very far. You know, right. if you if you just live on the earnings. You would probably make 20,000 a year. You get 20,000 a year if you really want it to last. So that's a culture shock at that point. But if you sit down with your wealth manager long ahead and really understand what you truly want, then you work towards that. So it's those types of things. And it's that assumption that you bring someone in at the last minute when in fact your team should be there with you well in advance.
1: And I love that. And so I'm going to parlay that just one more. One more step if you're okay with it. Sure. The way that I look at it is there's the business evaluation, right? That that takes place and that has one value. And by the way, as a business owner, your mind has been growing and running your business. So what you're doing is fantastic. You're helping them grow it and maybe scale it to the next level. But it's the value piece that people don't consider. Because when we're we're getting ready to transition that business, there's multiples and there's different ways to exit. You can do it internally. You can do it to family. You can do it to the private market. There's a lot of different ways to factor that in. And there's multiples that are created behind that. But I think that you have to create the value so you can increase your multiples to get a higher payout. And that's what you do. And... As an advisor, what I do is say, how much money do you truly need for the rest of your life to live on, to be able to make sure that the number that you're currently living and comfortable with into what you need to live on and to sell that business. And a lot of times there's a value, there's a a gap, there's a financial gap there. And so that's when we lean into teams like yourself to say, okay, how are we going to increase our multiples? How do we get the right players in our team? Like what you're saying, how do you have the right employees and accessories to be able to make sure that your company is strong so you sell it at the highest multiple if that's what you're looking for? So again, these are a lot of different strategies but you need these accessories on your team because at the end of the day, you're a business owner and if you are running your business you're doing what you do well, then why not let all the other accessories help you do the things that you just don't know how to do, or they can do it much more efficiently. And so at the end of the day, we both have seen this through several examples of multiples being hired or waiting a couple extra years and saying, hey, time to keep or sell. And we come back and check in and see where are we along the way. So we, our teams are, are constantly working together. But I am going to say one negative thing that people need to consider. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Right? And so all of these accessories have their own ideas. So what you were saying in the beginning is is making sure that these accessories look great together. Because if you have a top hat and you're wearing a sweatshirt and you have a long dress on, probably... You're not going to want to be caught outside like that, <laughs> right? I mean, everyone absolutely. has a different opinion. So you you got to be careful in working with someone like yourself that helps put the team together to make sure the value is there and the goals and objectives are all put together, wouldn't you say?
2: That is absolutely correct. And the, the thing that a lot of business owners don't realize is that they can bring the team together. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you bring the team together into one conversation, it is far more efficient, because if I ask you a question as a business owner and you say, well, I have to ask Tish, you know, it's like, well, can I ask Tish that question? Because now I have to explain it to you in a way that makes it memorable and precise for you to go to Tish when in fact, I can go to her and speak a lingo. (laughs) You know, we're all bilingual just to say something in, in a language that's more concise. You know, if I said something about a cost basis or whatever that, you know, she knows exactly what that means. So if you have your team together and they recognize that they are working for the greater good, which is you, the owner of the team, um, and they can talk directly to one another, you save the telephone game and losing context. And it's you, you may certain professions require a retainer or a fee, but you'll save money by bringing them all together at one time.
1: Right. And they're all united around, let's say you, the business owner's goals and objectives, and you stay front and center. And then you, like you said, I can shoot out an idea to an accountant. What do you think of this? And, And you run an idea about the business coach. Well, what do you think about that? Well, that's not in line. We don't have the right players in place. So people together can come up with a strategic plan and they can check in and then they can go back out versus like you said, having to re-explain it all. And sometimes then you're wasting time spinning around asking all these questions when just getting all of your team into one place and having like this call. I mean, and nowadays with Zoom, like what we're doing now, you can be anywhere in the world. That's Get right. your team together and come up with some strategies that are the most efficient for you and your family.
2: Absolutely. And if there's a team player that's out of alignment, what a great time to recognize it yeah. because they should be there to to serve your needs. At yeah. that time, it's like be in the zone and be in the space and serve your needs. Uh, another way I liken it for those who don't fully understand is if you look at a, a high profile legal case and there's multiple okay. attorneys, those yeah. are all different brain trusts. They all come with something different. They're not just there right. to, to, to be on camera. They're there because they bring something different. It's going to yeah. be the same with your your wealth advisor, your banker, your CPA. They all come with something different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I think what would be a good um, value add for people on this call is do you kind of have a list of people who you consider maybe just every situation is slightly different, but what are some key people that you would call accessories or I would say maybe your core team?
2: Great. The core team would be a banker. You should always have a banking relationship. Uh, I know there was a time when they used to charge us to go in the banks, they don't do that anymore. Right. <laughs> so- <laughs> they tried it for a minute, it didn't work out too well. Um, have a good banking relationship, have a good wealth or financial advisor. Um, know your insurance professionals. It may be one or multiple. It all It all depends on the type of business that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to have your, uh, your I say accountant because everyone doesn't have a CPA, but it could be a CPA, um, depending on the size of your business. It, it may be a CPA, uh, some type of accounting or accountant to serve you. That's going to be the core. Um, the ancillaries are your, a business coach, uh, a business broker, but you know, especially the business broker, they're going to come in a little bit later. Um, and it also depends on the size of your business. If your business is a smaller business, you may have a business broker. Um, if your business is 30 million plus 50 million, it all depends. You will probably deal with an M and a team or mergers and acquisitions team. Right. And that's not to say they can't read my book. They are welcome to read it. But one of the reasons I wrote it is because the smaller business owners don't have MA teams. They don't have right. a team of folks that are thinking for them, right. you know, right. or helping them think. So, you know, but your core can be your, your, your money folks, your, your CPA, your banker, and your financial advisor, and your protection, which is your, your insurance professionals.
1: Yeah, I and I agree with all of that. I'm going to add a couple one more layer of people if you're okay with this, it, mm-hmm. I think is important. So when I'm looking at things is is assets wise and family wise, I think having your family there. If, yes. you, if it's a husband or a wife or both of you owning it, having your spouse there so you're on board with what's going on and have an understanding of what's going on. Um, if you have a board of advisors, maybe you've accumulated just key people that you've brought into your team. Um, it doesn't have to actually be you know a, a real board, but could be key people that you've brought in over the years that's helped you along the way. And Sometimes, maybe not in the beginning, but key employees, uh, and you might have your own thoughts behind this, but sometimes I think having some key employees in there can help you with that, the layout, because maybe they're doing a lot of the day to day operations of making sure that business is happening and help you and support you in this transition versus making them feel abandoned in that process so I don't know what your thoughts are I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that but I feel like having the key people that's helped you build this business bring them in sooner than later of course confidentiality but yes
2: absolutely
1: something to think about
2: no, absolutely, I I agree. Uh, in the it, uh, to to simplify the story with Grace, we intentionally said that we weren't going to have family because <laughs> we know that and family dynamics is a whole different thing. And it um, gets complicated. It gets very complicated <laughs> and emotional. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to key employees, definitely, um, I uh, one of the things about those key employees is keeping them. Yeah. So before you're bringing them in and they have one foot out the door, make sure that you have a plan and a strategy in place to, to incent them to stay with you. Right. So let them know it's for the long haul that you're really trying to protect their job as well. um, by pre putting a plan in place as opposed to closing the doors. And yes, if they're, if once you have the key or your C-suite or your key employees, or, or those who help you make decisions, yeah. Um, then as you trickle down and start building the system out, you would bring in others who are, are operationally, you know, in, in the mix, so to speak. Right. right. Um, but the, the key is, is that you don't want to make your employees feel like you're shutting the door. Right. Because if, if you do that, they're going to be looking for another job. You're like, no, no, right. that's not what I meant. Well, they're gone because they have a mortgage. They have rent, they have childcare, um, they yeah. love you, but. They have their bills, so it's it's certain things, and depending on where you are in that place and space, you may not want to bring in rank and file employees at a at a certain level, especially if you're looking to sell. Right. Yeah. And, and they're they're an
1: asset, right? I mean, and, and essentially, if they walk out that door then all of a sudden that's a liability because now what's it going to cost to bring someone else on board and up to speed who might know these key relationships or clients or accounts, right? They've been running it. So now it's at risk. Are they going to take those clients? Is the value going to go down? All of those things, I'm sure that business owners may or may not think about and having all these accessories and these team members on your side, really helps them guide them there. And yes. what you do every day is have these conversations, I'm sure with business owners, right? And you're guiding them along the way to make them feel super empowered in their decision-making and kind of a person that they could check in with. Right. I mean, tell me, what does that, what does that look like? Cause honestly, Sometimes I, I don't even know truly what that is. As a business coach, are they just checking in? It's a strategy. How does your role work with these business owners?
2: It, as, as a coach, it's kind, I kind of think of it as calming the waters. Okay. Uh, because there are questions that are going to take place into as to the operations of the business. So as a coach and looking at the systems, we're literally looking at the systems. What does your operations look like? What does your human resources look like? What is your marketing? Do you have visibility? Um, what is your intellectual property? Where is your intellectual property? If it's, is it all up here? We got to get it out. How do we get it out? You know, and putting timelines and systems in place to make sure that all of the things that are here, that, uh, will scare a potential buyer away because they can't take that. Um, so really working through that a lot of times, you know, depending on how involved a business owner is in the business, a lot of it is in their head. So, yeah. it, so the coaching part of it is really working through the processes. Who are your key players? What are their attributes? What do you see happening? Were there changes? Should there be growth? Should there be education in this place? You know, are there people that you're concerned about? Um, it's really, truly working on the business yeah. as opposed to in the business. And i want to go back in a second because you said something. Um, I have someone who's very dear to me who just sold her business last year. And the, uh, company that acquired her business told her, uh, we are, uh, we want to buy your business for the secret sauce. And she's like the secret sauce. And this is a 40 million plus business Yeah, she's like, secret sauce. And they go, yeah. And she goes, well, what is the secret sauce? They said, we <laughs> want your employees wow. because they built such an amazing employee culture mm-hmm. that your competition and others recognize that.
1: Right. so
2: just imagine it's like this is this is a business that was built and the employees are actually wanted it is not an asset sale you know how how cool that that saves a community that saves uh, an entire community right that's amazing
1: and the things that you're saying by the way i'm going to put some dollars and cents associated to that so when we talk to business owners and we help them go through this process, when they work with someone like yourself and you talk about the culture, well, yes. let's just talk about what that does. If there's culture and there's systems in place, there's that means that they can duplicate what you're doing. All of a sudden, you've created more value. Yes. That then turns into more dollar potential as your revenue, as you continue to think of how that next phase looks like if it's internal external people are more willing to like you said spend more money and then now that gives you the business owner more money in your pocket to take home as a result of putting in the work so i challenge you to think outside of the box i see a lot of business owners that are like i can do this i've done it on my own i've built this empire on my own i can do it and They're thinking every industry has their own matrix, right? but a lot of times they don't think of the intangibles and how that increases the value of the things that you're saying substantially when it comes to the multiple, if you're wanting to sell and those things make you more competitive against your peers and making small tweaks. Working with someone like yourself truly can make your business exponentially more valuable, which makes more negotiation power in your pocket. So as a number standpoint, you know, I think you're foolish not to at least reach out to look at what your options are and see how someone can work with you. And maybe, maybe you have a number of coaches and maybe this is a journey over a period of time. And there's different points that you're scaling to and you're working towards. But this is a fantastic opportunity, not only to create revenue. I see a lot of business owners that it's an income revenue for them. And it's an income business, but it's not necessarily ready to sell for them to have that income after they retire. And that Mm -hmm. is key. That is key. And these baby boomers are getting older and now people are like, What does that look like for phase two? What does my next act look like? And so how do they define that working with someone like yourself and saying, what are my hobbies? What do I want to do? And then working with someone like myself and saying, can I afford it? I have a, I have a nice lifestyle. My company pays for my car. My company pays for my phone. My company pays for my flights. You now have to pay that out of your own pocket.
2: That's right. That is absolutely correct. And oftentimes when you allow yourself time to work through the process, you be- better understand all of those things. You understand that there are different uh, variables or factors. Uh, some, so often a business owner will say, well, my business is worth $12 million. Well, where does that come from? You right. know, but when you work and you really understand, it may be worth $12 million to you or in your heart, Uh, But the reality is, is that it's not. So let's get it to there or whatever, whatever that number is. uh, Oftentimes it's a lot higher in the mind of the business owner. Oh yeah. Market.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I've seen that. Definitely. I've seen that. So um, we are kind of running low on time and I'm having such a great time having this conversation. I feel like we can talk all day. What is, right. What are some (laughs) other things that you think that. You know, people should know that some value add or tips or a story that you feel like can kind of tie a bow on to what we're talking about today.
2: Oh my goodness. Uh, I would say the, the the one thing that you really should know is just take stock, just sit back and just allow yourself to visualize or dream or whatever it is that you want to call it what your next step. I, I like how you see your, your next act. I love that because people aren't using the word, entrepreneurs don't use the word retirement. You know, they're doing right. something different. Yeah. But really take stock of what your next act is. Is it traveling? Is it philanthropy? Is it, you know, do you have a charitable cause, a charitable heart? Uh, really look at what your future looks like. And I, the term I always use is, if you can see the future, we can reverse engineer it. Yes, I love uh, that. So dream big and let's reverse engineer it
1: that's so great i love it well i think that's all the time that we have today and i I really feel like you should be on um the show again for act two for our conversation this is amazing maybe you can share with the audience we're going to share this online but how do people find you and um online
2: Absolutely. The easiest way to find me is at leaving in style, not living, but leaving as in goodbye, www.leavinginstyle.com. My social media is the same. Instagram is leaving in style. Facebook is leaving in style. Um, LinkedIn is Janice Graham.
1: Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I think that that's everything for today, and I I look forward
2: to future conversations. It is definitely my pleasure, as do I. Thanks, Tish.
0: Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzandbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC-insured, not bank-guaranteed and may lose value.